Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Slam Hub Wrestling, myself, Supreet, and this is your AEW Dynamite review for September 8th, 2021. 8th. Yep. So, joined by Ridwan here. What a week, man. What a week. It's been a wild week in professional wrestling, and certainly for all the good reasons, man. It's like, it's like wrestling has been cool again, which is great to see. And I learned a lot of things, like... I didn't know Rancid was a big band. Number two, yes. I didn't know that uh, it was not Mikey Ruckus, but it was someone else who created the theme for Brian Danielson. Yes, uh, it was like later on Spotify, but it was also uh, mentioned as Brian Danielson walkout theme. And it is kind of shocking at the same time. Uh... <laughs> It was kind of expected from Daniel, um, sorry, Brian Danielson to get along, get along with that. Like he's like we'll discuss this more when you know we get eventually get to it. But uh, what what did you think about the Dynamite show here? I thought it was decentish. Yes, I I felt it was pretty. Uh, it was quite a wild show. Like it was all over the place. It was largely like you know filled with segments. Segments, um, most of them were you know delivered, over delivered, let's just say, or knocked it out of the park. Some of them were just there. Like the matches were not so great as much as the segments. You know, it was it was in that sense. But uh, we'll get to that. Like uh, let's talk about the card here. We had Dustin Rhodes versus Malakai Black. Uh, we had you know guys like CM Punk, Adam Cole. Uh, Brian Danielson, they had interview segments. Uh, we had Ruby Soho facing uh, Jamie Hayter. Uh, and of course, in the main event, we had Minoru Suzuki facing John Moxley, the hometown hero in Cincinnati. But before that, if you are new to Slam Up Wrestling, then make sure to like, share, subscribe to all that fun stuff. Check out our other content available in the description below. All links provided. But uh, we were talking about Brian Danielson. Uh, do you know the real reason that we didn't get to hear final countdown? Because that had to be the you know theme that he was supposed to debut with, but uh, it didn't happen. Yes, it was expected, or rather, because um, obviously, like to the it was to a very expensive song to license, as we discussed in the All Out review, and uh, like. I'm surprised by the fact that it was actually supposed to be the theme, let alone Daniel even considering it. Because again, like, you know, it's documented that he disliked the song while he was using while he was using it on the independent scene. Hence he used he had to change the song to this something called self-esteem by the offsprings. So he was using that before he joined WWE and like, you know, took off his career there. But like like I mentioned, like it's it's still surprising that he actually considered bringing the final countdown. But hopefully, there's something like this striker deal, and you know, have that song being played on AW shows because so it's certainly it would be a thousand times better than whatever we are listening to right now. It's kind of catching on. I don't know. Yeah, it it is. You know, the worst part is like when he actually came out the first time, I hated the theme. But now, I mean, it's slowly like, you know, tingly it's growing on me like a little bit. I was like, uh, like, you know, like I wasn't expecting the final countdown to play while I mean, at All Out. 
and after that uh, like when the song played i was just like uh but now it's like slowly and steadily it's kind of growing on me but again like you know if there was if i was given a chance i mean definitely i'd choose the final countdown but uh, speaking about growing man the ratings for dynamite are growing because this week yeah. they hit a big one here uh, we had uh, they did cross the million mark i think it was 1.32 1.313 to be exact which is i think that's the second biggest number ever or the first one yes i like it was uh, mentioned in the reports that it was the second highest dynamite rating ever which is news to me because i thought this would be the biggest one and at this point this is what the raw ratings are on an average so you know it's it's still it's huge for aw in that sense what did jessvix rod I think it was around one point seven or one point eight. I mean, they didn't have much going on, and the ratings have just been around that corner. So, I think the lowest that they did last month was around one point four, and AEW getting to one point three itself is like huge. Because it was uh, from all the hype from all out, so everyone had to check out Dynamite. Oh, for sure, and they didn't even like advertise guys like Cole, Brian. until uh, probably 2 hours or 3 hours before the show which is again you know speaks for itself but um, yeah that's pretty much a big number but uh, like i said there was hype for paperu and don't be surprised if the rating you know kind of goes down it has to right yeah eventually what goes up must come down right yeah like it's not going to be like this a downhill it has to be a little staggering type of you know wave but yes like crazy number man crazy number if you think about it if they are getting yes, that I... close to raw in the overall ratings we know that they are yes. beating them in the demos but the overall rating that's kind of a big deal as well oh it's huge i mean you know it's only going to get better from here like in the near future it's going to get like you mentioned it's going to be either stagnant or you know it will be a topsy turvy thing but you know if whatever if there is a way they can find to top this you know with you know obviously now that they have punk and brian suppose if they get like you know more bigger stars or perhaps more they fill with more you know more household names they only only going to get better and they're going to get more ratings from there which is which is again a huge thing for them and a great thing for wrestling overall but uh, the moral of the story is uh, suzuki equals ratings yes murder grandpa murder grandpa is the biggest draw in wrestling right now which is great but uh, they kicked off uh, dynamite here in cincinnati with dustin roads versus malakai black I first thought the Cincinnati crowd was not your typical AEW crowd. Hearing the reaction, yes, I mean for some people, for some people it was like they either they were going on infested full on smackdown. In some cases, it was there like you know your average normal crowd as you would expect at a wrestling show, which is I think it's a, it's a fair middle ground in terms of how you want to judge it in in the grand scheme of things. So, like I said, Dustin Rhodes versus Malika Black is part of the whole, you know, uh, destroying the Nightmare Family, you know, stick. Uh, the match here, match, it was going good, but you know what hampered this? 
are the botches and the little it was it came a little off but uh, what did you think about this match and even the whole bit with uh, let me say it right now only the whole bit with uh, the match was done and then they announced Cody Cody Rhodes versus Malakai Black all of a sudden kind of felt flat i guess because the other two matches he was having it was little continuation of you know who's going to be next so it was but here they kind of you know it came up a little flat i guess what do you think about this match and the whole situation the match was pretty eh for me like i thought this match could have been a lot better if they you know put on their uh, if they were giving you know more than what they were offering in this match altogether but uh, you know there was like you know the noted botches were there and obviously dustin selling the knee it wasn't really working because even at his offense he was still struggling to get hold of whatever malak i was doing and there was one noticeably awful botch of uh, you know the power slam that uh, dustin does off from the off the rope and dustin just moved anyway and then he does it again that was that looked more like a botch and less like a planned spot which was pretty eh that was then, a like, that was a obs glitch if you will yeah it was and then from from there like i mean match was like pretty sloppy in parts some moments were there but overall i i think you know i it left a lot to be desired given the talent of i mean given the talent that they had in the ring obviously dustin at probably he's what 53 54 now can still go he can still you know put on good matches and uh, you know malakai's run so far has been incredible so obviously there was like a good amount of hype getting into it but unfortunately it did not deliver as as much as we expected but speaking of about the code you think i think they they announced it like later in the show they didn't announce it like you know right after this but again like i do agree that uh, they should have they should have had like cody return and like you know if he, given that malaka has been tearing through the entire nightmare family you know it was only it only made sense that cody could come back and uh, decide to take revenge and they've officially announced the match to be at the arthur ash show that they've been they are they are doing in new york city so which is in two weeks i don't yeah it's on september 22nd so exactly 12 days from now and like i don't know dude like i hope i hope i sincerely hope that malakai wins this because i have a bad feeling that cody is getting his win back like let's see we'll get to that but uh, let's talk some highlights here like obviously like it uh, like you said it had some moments like they started off with uh, from the get go we had a dustin roads going through a table and from there it was all malakai of like you know dominating um at one point dustin roads hit a canadian destroyer or a texan destroyer if you will and yeah it, it was, was it looked pretty good yeah it, it did does like, it it is pretty well yeah and there was this uh, small elements of you know the exposed turnbuckle and then there was this uh, spot where uh, malakai introduced the shoe of cody roads and you know put it into the face of uh, dustin roads so this caused you know a little uh, i could say this pumped up dustin to you know get little more offense in so as we get to the final part of the match 
so Dustin went through this exposed turnbuckle and then he hit a post. Malakai hit a post black mask that hit his shoulder only, and that's about it. And there was some other botches as well, like you said, the power slam spot where Dustin, you know, hesitated a little bit, and you know, and there you go. And there was another spot where I think Malakai was going for some kick and he sold a little early. So hmm. nothing much here. Uh decent enough match if you want to you know ignore the botches. And they also showed Dustin bleeding from the mouth, which didn't look good after the botch. So yeah, this is all leading towards the Cody match. Hopefully, if you are this time it has to be a big match like a lengthy match, but you have to go with Malakai. You can't mm. risk, you know, Malakai to take this, you know, defeat here because it's not like MJF and Jericho where MJF, you know, finally takes a L. At least that had some kind of momentum. This also has, but it's going to, you know, hamper Malakai in the long run, I guess. Yes. If Cody can actually take a loss, like even if he loses, even if he, I mean, even if he loses, he's still bulletproof. You know, he's just going to come back stronger, deliver that baby face promo, be all America, America, and then he'll be he'll be back. But for Malika, it'll be a little, it'll be disturbing for all of his fans, and it'll be a little, um, little. I don't want to say like burial, but like it's going to be, it's going to hamper Malika uh, in the long run because. If he loses to someone like Cody, I don't know how seriously are you going to take him after that. Given you know what he tries, what he brings to the table, and what his character, what his mistake is, it's it's gonna go like that. That crowd is going to shit on Cody if that happens. No. Yes, and it's pro- It's like a twenty thousand crowd. It's the biggest that they've pulling. It's the biggest that they're pulling in right now. Like you know, ever since AEW started. But uh, let's see, man. But uh, speaking about Cody, have you seen something is going on with Cody Rhodes? He's teasing a lot of stuff here with his character. Yes, he was posting about Stardust of out of nowhere on his Instagram and uh, Twitter. And it's then a tease, obviously, but uh, he's not he's not going to go, you know, into an entirely weird direction. But let's see what happens. What is what is he trying to do? Maybe he's he signaling a heel turn, or is is this a new kind of alter ego character? Probably, but uh, I would like I would like to see a heel Cody Rhodes at this point. Like whatever he does, it's like a borderline heelish. Whatever, like you know, from the stuff with Ogogo and like going all America, even if. It was trying to appeal to like a more US, you know, it was like an American crowd. It was still heelish, like, you know, knocking down a foreigner. It's not what you expect in wrestling, especially in AW where you're trying to promote diversity and etc. We'll have to wait and see, man. But uh, we heard from the new AW Tag Team Champions, the Lucha Bros. You know, they were talking about their big match from the pay-per-view. And how they are finally able to, you know, get the tag titles. And now they are the best tag team in the universe, etc, etc. Also, we heard from Proud and Powerful. That uh, they also talk about their match from FTR. And now they want to focus on other tag teams in the division. 
you could see where this is all leading towards maybe a big matchup at the Arthur Ashe show it has to happen right pnp versus lucha bros it does again like um i think it was shonro sak who speculated that you know it could happen but again like it's too soon if it happens it's too soon for lucha bros to lose it because it's an it's a hometown crowd for a proud and powerful and given their rankings they need to earn a few wins and the show is just too if you want to count rampage it's just three shows away so it's still no two shows away rather it's still pretty weird if they no i actually actually three shows because there are two rampage and one dynamite coming in so they have to like win so much they have to start pad or something in order to get that title shot and i think they are like three or three right now because um, when they defeated ftr they were at four i mean before winning the match versus ftr they were four heading into it and now they must be three so they have to really start pad if they want to get that tag title opportunity versus lucha bros right. if like if if eventually if they want to do it probably it's at full gear or you know the the revolution after or do we so even have to we, see yeah. them defend the titles at arthuresh yes but again depends on who is who is at the top of the rankings right now mm yeah it does make sense for you know not to have this kind of situation with lucha bros you know facing this top tag team maybe you can do proud and powerful versus someone else for that hometown pop that's it probably i would like to see uh, ftr if at anything like this they are like both one wins a piece and they do hopefully a two out of three falls match because it only makes sense that way like both of them have one wins each who is the better team at the end of the day even if like we are past the feud now it's like all pinnacle in a circle thing is we are behind that which is again good to see but i wouldn't be against seeing uh, ftr and proud and powerful go at it one last time i think they should at save it now i think they should save it for a bigger moment i guess don't give it away yeah. just like that for a new york show yes probably for a pay per view and if either of these team even for a tag title tag title shot but moving on we had cm punk you know uh, he was addressing his situation here and i have to say man every time this guy comes out it's a you know sight to see i love this guy's presence on dynamite every week now i, I said it every week because he you know he feels genuine and original it doesn't feel like he's cutting a promo over mm-hmm. totally and like it's finally sunk into me that cm punk is all elite like this entire run leading up to the derby match was like a dream i don't want to say fever dream but it was a dream like it's it's happening is it actually happening oh my god it has actually happened and you know he was like hyping himself up and uh, you know then he's like bigging up derby and obviously he goes on to win the match which and still you know gets respect from staying and derby and so so far they've hit all the right notes with cm punk but now like you've mentioned like you know it feels genuine like he's having a normal conversation it's not even a promo which is also amazing 
and he's 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 like a walking ambassador for the company right now because whenever he comes out he's just endorsing other people more so than him even in the promo that his return promo the first thing he did was put Brad Baker over so he's like it's like he's giving back to the business and it's a beautiful sight altogether and you have mentioned also like you know even if it's every week i hope and he himself admitted it at once like you know he's going to keep enjoying the crowd supporting him until uh, you know the presence out. yeah this wears out it's it doesn't it doesn't even feel that way right now he's getting over by the week by week i mean he doesn't have to get over he he already is but um uh from the top he's not wasting any time here he is you know talking about cm sorry darby allen and sting and the whole performance from you know the paper you thanks them and then he gets to you know promoting the show like, like uh, just like he did with brit baker is promoting others and he promoted in a way like uh, we have the king of pancras minoru suzuki facing the hometown maniac john moxley like bro he is one of us he is a mark like us mm-hmm. man and uh, yeah. when he talks about <laughs> brian daniels and ruby so like this guy is all over the place yes and then he indulges into like uh, asking the fans what's next for cm punk and they are, they all are giving mixed answers but all i could hear was moxley even though it was in a more faded sense did you like could you decipher what else were they chanting for apart from moxley i am same i can't really make maybe kenny i think some people were going for kenny i could but... i could just hear i could just hear moxley and that was like in a more faded sense and you know it's like moxley moxley and the, you can't hear anything else but moxley so yeah i mean that's a dream match for later down the line but not any time soon but uh, i have to say man this guy has the crowd in the palm of his hand and he keeps milking it which is great love it that's how you should do as a baby face basically man. but uh, as he was doing this i have to point out one thing here while punk was making his big entrance tas we have we don't have excalibur here because he i think he's going to get married in a couple of days i guess so yes. tas is taking his place and when punk was making his entrance tas was sounding little bitter from the get go that punk is this biggest star in aw and he was you know taking a little offense to that saying that it's uh, everyone's contribution or something like that so he was he would eventually you know interrupt punk when he, he was asking the fans approval about his next uh, opponent so he just interrupts casually interrupts punk and punk took a little offense to that and he, uh, Taz was basically saying, whatever you do, don't mention Team Taz's name. Don't get involved in Team Taz's members. Technically, he was saying, please mention Team Taz. Please, you know, get involved with us members because we need it. We desperately need it. So, there you go. You know, in Hindi, we say, right? Like, God will help you if you do. <laughs> so, it is like that. so punk was you know took little offense that you know taz was kind of interrupting him then we see the team taz members come out and he was basically saying you know i want stocks because the reason is he was mentioning all these names from the get go is top five list darby 
Brian Pillman, Hobbs, Starks. Two members are from team ties only. So it kind of made sense, I guess. So the team ties members show up, a hook and Hobbs. Starks is missing, by the way. So they will go back and forth. And Punk hit Taz's line, which is I don't remember right now. Beat, beat me if you can. Survive if I let you. And then a mic drop. Yep. That that was the end of the promo because I mean it was the catchphrase and catchphrases are usually meant to do that. But by, uh, my yeah, continue. And by the before we you know go in depth in this whole situation, he also did a shout out to Linda. I didn't know who Linda was. Then he mentioned dark side of the ring. Ah, I, that Linda from the Brian Pillman story. So yes. we'll be seeing a lot of those guys over there. But he gave a good shout out to them. Genuine baby face, but back to this team Taz thing. Like I said, Punk, you know, going after team Taz, uh, it doesn't sound that interesting. But if you think about where team Taz is right now, he could really bring those guys from here to here. If they are in the lower mid cards or you know the undercard, you will at least bring them to a upper mid card. Upper mid card. And people were talking a lot about those guys. So it would make sense if you think about it like that way. Yes. I mean, Team Taz is one of my favorite things on AEW. So I'm definitely excited for that. And I've mentioned, like, I've been waxing lyrical about Ricky Starks and Hobbs since ever since I started reviewing AEW Dynamite. And I mean, it's, it's kind of a dream come true. But at the same time, like, I'm thoroughly excited for this because for the reasons that you mentioned like you know having them go after CM Punk will get them up on the totem pole and obviously like you know it's a, it's a big shot in the arm for Team Taz again like you know the feud with Brian Cage even though it should be bigger than what it is it's still you know it's still muddling and it's not it's not it's not reaching to those levels that you would expect of a breakup feud regardless again Punk and Taz if you've played SmackDown versus Raw 2009, they've been having heat forever. I mean, it's a joke, but yeah, I mean, when CM Punk was, you know, calling out the guys and now, you know, people have already started fantasy booking CM Punk versus Hook, which is hilarious. But CM Punk versus Ricky Starks, the promos are going to be amazing. The Starks is like, you know, he's charismatic as hell. He's going to get... You know, he's going to get over in a huge way, battling CM Punk or mic to mic, face to face. And uh, Punk is going to bring the best out of these guys in the ring. There's like a lot of upside in this feud altogether. And especially Hobbs, especially, I mean, you know, we'll get to more of more about Hobbs as we, you know, review his match. But for him, like last year, before joining Team Taz, he was just there. So my, I think my first impression of Hobbs was when Moxley just randomly called him out. And, you know, they had a six-man tag, Mox, Darby, and Hobbs versus Cage. And Cage, Starks, and probably someone else. Or was it a normal tag match? I don't exactly remember. But from there, him joining Team Taz, even if, like, you know, they had those uh, that feud with Sting and Darby, which went forever, from there to now, I mean, Hobbs, Hobbs has come leaps and bounds from there, if you think about it. But, uh, so, does that mean he's going after every member, right, of Team Taz? Yes. 
he's like uh, send uh, i didn't even mention guys from your this thing like you mentioned right please mention mm-hmm. uh, please mention that and then he's like oh so i did not mention but you can send in stars you can send in hook you can send in hobs and then he drops the catchphrase beat me if you can survive fail at you which was uh, tazis catchphrase in ecw back then and after that you know when they tried to make brian cage the new taz when he joined aw unfortunately that didn't work out but he was given he was basically given whatever taz, whatever made cool whatever made taz cool in the first place and it was like take all my stuff and get over and sadly he did not so there you go like starks again he's the star of the he's star he's the star of the stable and punk versus the team taz guys sign me up punk versus hook main eventing arthur ash sign me up has to has to happen has to happen 100% but uh, uh we did have some mention of brian cage and ricky starks again what's happening over there so last week we saw you know starks and uh, sorry cage and hobbs having a one on one which hobbs goes on to win after starks hits him with the belt and uh, given brand cage has been pleading for a one on one match with starks and then starks says okay it was it just like cut it to that they didn't even go more than that so probably we'll be getting in another two weeks i have a feeling it's at the atharash show that they do just to you know end this feud with and speaking of brian cage he's been he's been in the news lately he's trending on twitter i guess yes currently as we as we speak right now thanks to melissa santos his wife yes because so she's been she out of nowhere you know is really petitioning for brian cage to be you know used a lot better in aw she like most of us think that she uh, brian cage is uh, i could say being underutilized i don't think that's the case though because he's he's not he's not getting over the way people had hoped despite all of like you know him being the star the front man of team as despite despite those things i think the reason that is is because he's not getting over properly but the the feud has been given a fair amount of time to build itself and uh, you know get translated to the crowd and uh, like starks versus cage was a pretty good match cage versus hobbs was in that good and beyond that i think it's it's more to cage and you know it's from tony khan like he's he's pretty approachable and if cage has a problem he can probably go to him and air his grievances but uh, i don't think i think it's going to be a temporary issue and things will be back to normal with in, in for brand cage but again it still feels a bit unnecessary to air, to come to come out in public and say that i don't know this is marisa santos she doesn't hold back maybe she is a light version of rebi hardy you don't want to mess with rebi hardy brother you jump That's... off a building you would rather do that but never mess with rebi hardy that's a whole another ball game but in all seriousness brankage i think he deserves better you need to fix a lot of his character issues it's not getting over as a baby face he couldn't rub an ounce of charisma from ricky stacks's presence as as mentioned by ricky stacks his words not fine but uh, 
Is it because he is not having those killer matches in AEW? Probably, probably. But again, like despite all of that, his his ring work is indeed sloppy. So can't really blame others for that. Sloppy means he's too indie. Not very indie, but he botches a lot. Yeah, I don't know. If it would be the same thing if you gave, gave a random match with Phoenix? Yes, probably Phoenix or anyone anyone on the roster. If he can like if he can survive in the long run, he'll probably stay around and stick around and do better for himself. But with Melissa coming out and saying that, I don't think it's going to do him any favors, at least in the near future. Let's wait and see. Let's wait and see. But uh, we were talking about uh, Powerhouse Hobbs. He was about to face Dante Martin next. Dante Martin has also a small story going on with him picking up some wins. He's getting over with the fans. And there you go, man. This match was short and it was good enough. You know, Dante was pulling off his really good, you know, high-flying sports. Hobbs was the big dominant guy here. So that was the entire story. By the way, Dante Martin, that missile drop kick he did was fantastic, man. The height he got on that, whoa! The hang time, like it was such a such a beautiful. Like he pulls these aerial moves off pretty well, and you know, very beautifully. So it's it's like a sight to see in itself, which is you know awesome. And he's getting over with the fans. They've They've given him enough promo time as well, and he's been picking up wins on dark and elevation. So it's nice to see someone like him, you know, getting over. And he's 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 only twenty, which is also great. And uh, like this match was more about Hobbs though, because he's number two on the rankings, and it was like a short and simple match just to get Hobbs over. And again, like uh, I think Jr. called him a moving SUV. The, with the way he hits, the way he hits his opponents, which was I thought it was hilarious, and uh, like even the con hilo, the tope con hilo that uh, Dante Martin hit, you know, above hook, like jumping above hook and hitting Hobbs was great, and despite that, like and even the one spot where um, you know uh, Dante goes for a suicide dive, tope suicida and. Hobbs just catches him and chucks him to the ring post. I thought that was great too. So all in all, it worked for both parties. Like I'm sorry, both uh, wrestlers. Like both of them got over in, in different ways. Hobbs was like the more dominant one. Dante was the underdog, and he's still like you know they're still building up to that story, which is great. Thumbs up for me. So yeah, like you said, those were you know some really good spots here in this match. As we get to the end, uh, Hobbs catches Martin in a Spine buster, commentators they call, call it, it power bomb. Power bomb for some reason, but yeah, that got him the victory. They are trying to build some momentum for Hobbs, which I think will fit in with the CM Punk story. Yes, and also, um, given he's number two and he's only picking up wins, probably a future title, future title shot. Do they do that? Not. Not at the Arthur Ash, probably beyond that, if whatever show they do. Hmm. It depends, right? Will Hobbs be even in the top five or, you know, on that uh, top one, top two rankings? 
in when we get to that stage yes i mean it has to happen given the wins that they've been you know giving him at the same time you know he has he has a fair amount of momentum and they, i think Chris, christian's the one right now they can do that but probably in a way like you know given omega is probably the most detestable heel in wrestling currently that makes hobbs the de facto baby face even if like you know they can do heel versus heel probably they one person did, is like they never heel. done that right heel versus heel in aew i don't i, I don't baby to remember baby face baby, baby face versus baby face they have done that heel versus heel i never remember them do I think they have. I just don't seem to remember who it was. Because I, I remember there was there was at one point where it was a heel versus heel. And uh, like heading into that match, one of the heels was like treated as a baby face. And then once that feud got over, the person was back to being a heel. I think, I think it was uh, Lance Archer versus Eddie Kingston. Because, you know, he was going to face Moxley. And... Uh, because and then Archer tests positive for covid and then Eddie Kingston gets it gets the title shot eventually i think i think it was that i don't seem to remember any anyone else who fell into that so technically they can they could do a hops versus omega they could do it and you know given how you know they you could trust aw to protect both of these guys one in victory one in defeat so I'd look forward to that. But uh, let's see, man. Let's see. Uh, you were talking about Christian Cage. You just mentioned him. Yes. Was it about rankings? Yes. It was uh, like I thought. I thought like now that he's lost the champion, lost the title shot to Omega, he would probably be you know lower down the rankings. He'd go and given Hobbs is number two. So it only makes sense like probably with whoever is currently number one is Christian still number one or does he have to relinquish and like you know start back from start from the back altogether? That's what I was just wondering. And before we get jump to the next segment, I just want to you know get this out of the way. Was uh, there was a promo from Miro and Eddie Kingston? So Eddie Kingston's basically chastising Miro for using the low blue and he calls himself the God's favorite champion. He's just calling it bullshit, blah, blah, blah. And then Miro is like, I hit you in the nuts. I had to ice my nuts after the match, which is an obvious innuendo. And uh, this, def- I think this is definitely building up to the rematch, the eventual rematch that they have. Hopefully at the Atharash, maybe not, but they are they are certainly they're still they're still keeping up with this feud even after the eventual match happening at all out so fingers crossed we do get it and you know all signs do point to that but uh, moving on we had a interview segment with ruby so she won was interviewing her and uh, she was speaking about you know winning the casino battle royal and then she was uh, interrupted by Dr. Britt Baker, TMD. She comes in and instantly, you know, buries uh, oh, Ruby Soho says, and there was some argument or back and forth where Ruby said that she actually helped Britt Baker, you know, to get into the business 
and then brit started uh, you know talking trash said that you should go back to catering uh, the same place you were for the last four years something like that and then we would see you know the heels leave and there was a small conversation between ruby and uh, you know tony shivani where tony shivani did that dmd bit and ruby's focus went over tony and said i know that she is your girl but i'm going to whoop her so there you go we'll we'll be it talking is. a lot about tony shivani later on but uh, what do you think about this matt hardy orange cassidy thing now the story is that we could be getting a hair versus hair match yep it's i'm curious to see how they pull it off certainly like it doesn't it will definitely not be orange cassidy at the short end of the stick in this case has to be matt hardy because he's the heel and orange is like a more promising talent he is someone he's getting over he is he will be over i mean he he is over and he'll be getting more so and hardy can take a loss but i mean a bald matt hardy imagine that how will they pull that up i don't know he will look weird no for sure uh, the best thing is probably he'll uh, you know pitch in anyone else from his hfo to get get their head shaved i Maybe i butcher send something like probably butcher or even mark quen or either probably even angelico or jack evans because their thing is more about hair which hardy as a heel he chastised them for it and yeah, like you know they will avoid having distractions during your match just shave your head i don't know i'm just pointing i'm just throwing things on the wall right now so could happen let's see but uh, we had a promo from dan lambert and uh, this came out a little flat compared to the other promos like it was the same you know he would shit on the fans the aw fan base shit on the new signings here uh, this was new year like he shit on the new guys that have come in and called them kind of midgets i guess or tiny people something like that but uh, you get my point basically putting over scorpio sky in ethan page and there you go nothing much scorpio sky was overacting throughout the segment yeah i did sense that yes i i think page was okay but sky sky was uh, overacting like so bad it wasn't it wasn't even uh, you know coming off well which is weird so yeah i mean this was the promo as aptly put by tony shivani and what we already know that you know this is a shorter jim cornet and mm-hmm. uh, tony shivani literally called him an old man who yells at clouds so and we call jim cornet like that so this is very much in that territory and that's that it was the entire point of the promo it's just him shitting on people the fans that's about it So are we still getting this Lance Archer thing with these two guys, men of the year? We probably would. I'll, I'll, we'll cover that eventually. When should we, we save that? Event. Should we save that yes, in the we'll, main event? We, yeah, we'll save that in the main event. But uh, um, we're about to get Jamie Hater versus Ruby Soho, but we kind of did get a package for the main event hyping up of, you know, what... who suzuki and what he all about you know we heard something from mox and there you go so let's talk about jamie hater versus ruby soho i thought uh, it was a fine little match 
I think it was a good showing for Ruby Soho. And I uh, have to say, man, Ruby Soho is right now the, you could say, one of the top women in AW in terms of, you know, how over she is. Yes, easily. Like, you don't really have, like, you know, besides Statlander, obviously, and I think I might have spoiled it a little. But, uh, yeah, Ruby is the top babyface in AEW, let alone pro wrestling altogether. The top female babyfaces. Let me, you know, filter that. But, oh, yeah, you, overall... You, you, uh, there you go, man. You offended the Becky Lynch tense. She's not even a babyface now. And I'm wearing a man shirt, so... How's that part? Anyways, we'll save that topic for another day. Yes. But so, Ruby Soho, man. Yeah, she is over as hell. Like, the crowd is going mental. And, like, you know, with the song... Uh, her, her song is literally called Ruby Soho. So, by Rancid. So, the crowd was going mental. And uh, it was, like, a good... I like the small touch in this was uh, Bryce Remsberg who was refereeing, refereeing this match. Like obviously we pointed it during the all out all out review, and uh, again like after the moment we we're getting this match, which was great. And both of them look pretty equal. So you know Ruby was on offense at one point. There was Hater um, who was also on offense, and Hater like both both of these women were evenly matched, and uh, Ruby delivers the should I call it the Soho kick now because by the same maneuver in WWE she used to call it the right kick that's why we so, needed Excalibur here yes uh, oh, Excalibur was dearly missed throughout the show because uh, these guys weren't doing I mean no offense but uh, you know Taz Taz was good throughout the night but the energy of Excalibur was missing so she delivers the Soho kick to pick up the victory out of nowhere, which was a good thing. Like Jamie Hater didn't see it coming. So, you know, I think it puts, it still protects her to an extent. And uh, the main story after this was um, uh, like after Soho picks up the win, she's celebrating with the fans and the, and the referee. And Baker jumps her from behind to attack both Baker and uh, Reba. Where then she gets saved by an attempt to save by Riho is made, but she's also beaten down. And then Chris Atlanta shows up with the chair and the heels escape. So this is building up for a match, a six-woman tag match on Rampage, which is uh, Britt Baker, Reba, and Jamie Hater versus Statlander, Riho, and uh, Ruby Soho. It's going to be a good match. Yeah, we'll have but... to go through Reba. He's, she's eating the pen for sure. Uh, why do I feel like there was some? There should be someone else. I don't want to see Riva Razor, or should she in this type of situation? I mean, she can and she can't. And given it's a trios match, the heels can take a loss. It doesn't hurt Britt Baker's title title run, and Riva is obviously the weakest link of the three or the six overall. So, this is definitely going to happen with Ruby Soho picking up and, uh, you know, it further builds to their eventual title match, which is also, I have a feeling it will be at the Atharash. This also has to happen though, right? The because championship match. That's, yeah. Like, this is your the biggest show that you have in the near future and you want to promote it in the best way you can and just have this title match and, like, you know, just 
keep it going keep the momentum going mm, yeah but uh, about this uh, here we go i will uh, say it off the bat shouldn't the iconics be in brit baker's stable the inspiration yeah whatever the you want to call it i inspiration I think this is good with Jamie Hater, but Ariva is just her assistant. She's not like she's a wrestler, but she's not the like she's a weakling, and she can you know take be the shield for Baker to take offense on her behalf. It works that way. I don't think the inspiration are very are the guys who should be doing that instead. I think. I think the th- things are fine the way they are currently. I don't think they should change it. They should change the domain. If anything, I'd say the inspiration should go to Impact and you know fight for the knockout tag titles. There you go. I, mean, I just threw it off the bat seeing this whole Reba situation. You know, kind of we yeah. needed kind of someone in that Brit Baker Reba, you know, stable or team group you want to call it. I can't. At once, I pitched for uh, Makito for some reason. Makito, it worked actually once upon a time. I think it was the uh, Revolution buy-in where she fills in for Reba and tags with Baker to pick up to win against Thunder Rosa and Riho. So it 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 was fine in that sense. I wouldn't be against that overall. Like if Makito comes eventually comes to US and. has like a full time future in AEW but Jamie Hayter is kind of benefiting now that she is with Brit Baker definitely but uh, yeah man we got this six women you know trios match trios match this is AEW right trios match at yeah. rampage so there you go but moving on we had a impromptu trios match here on dynamite this was the pinnacle uh versus am i jumping forward yes i am jumping really forward you are. you are but it's fine we can talk about this and there's something in relation to that okay it would be a great transition then so yeah this is the pinnacle versus the dark order of which consisted of evil uno uh, stu grayson and john silver right yes yeah so it was a short little match here the story was this is there is something going on with the dark order and week by week it's getting worse like i think it was one of the darks or elevation where evil uno was facing uh, five of the dark order Alan and, angels yeah it was it was i think it was dark yeah very decent episode of it so yeah this was short but you know there was some moments like john silver is the most over guy in this match he was at one point going full crazy like taking on all three johnny guys Hange. by himself yeah johnny hungi johnny hungi all day man he's great so he's awesome so the uh, pinnacle was really doing a great job you know grounding one of the baby faces like typical you know ftr type of match here so as we get to the end the dissension is being seen a lot and kind of affecting the match here as well like i think even you know accidentally hit someone so as a result uh we see silver yeah. hits uno by accident there you go so at the end it was two grayson or john silver who took the pin uh silver 
so uh pinnacle had silver grounded so we had sean spear say he hit the c4 on silver to get the pin and there you go pinnacle got the victory and there that's that but we get to the dark order members so we see uno and uh, i think it was silver i guess kind of getting into the fire then all of a sudden everyone is fighting with each other so the cracks are forming and is it related to something big in the future they have been teasing that and uh, like all signs do point to that but again like you know it's a sensitive topic like we have mentioned this in the past and i don't want that i don't want to see them break up there was no alex runnels in this case is he out of dark order i hope not is mm-hmm. he like taking a break i hope he's not but uh, and then like you know you have uh, anna j and uh, ty conti coming out after the uh, when these guys are, like there's a lot of infighting happening and these guys just look at it and try to save try to save the day for them but it does not but i have a feeling that more so than a dark order breakup it has to be more um signs pointing to you know hangman eventually returning because despite you know in the wake of brody's passing and all the hardships that they faced be after that hangman was like kind of a uniting factor for them that helped you know the family so to speak made like it made them stronger and like you know things things were going good for them you know even if it weren't all that but going like an entirely different route and just breaking up all together doesn't make sense i feel it has to do more with hangman coming back and you know helping things simmer i think that will be a more logical step and something that i would be more interested than a dark order breakup or having someone like another evil force take over which is you know people are obviously rumor rumoring like people are obviously speculating to be vendham rotunda formerly known as brevai to take over dark order which i don't want to see that i i just want i just want things to be normal for dark order in a more good sense like in a more positive way and hangman returning to help save the day for these guys which i hope happens at this point brevart is all elite very much i think even melzer just all but confirmed it like he can't go to impact right he could probably go if the money is if the money they offer is good and we've again it it better be impact rather than aw but Who knows if he if he if he wants to come to AEW, like he's a kind of a big name. If you think about it, and Impact be a little you know a downgrade for him with the level of talent he is. Not in ring wise, but uh, overall. But but it'll make Impact like must see. It'll be an upgrade for Impact rather than a downgrade for White or Rotunda. Must see, man. If he goes to Impact, good. If he comes to AEW, we'll have to wait and see. Yes, but uh, shall we talk about the good stuff? Sure, bring it on. Like uh, we had MJF, we'll be hearing from him after his loss from Jericho. So he he makes his entrance with Wardlow, and the crowd are chanting, "You tapped out!" Really good shit here, and he's really playing off with the crowd. 
and from the bat he says that you know he has beaten jericho in the past you know before all the pay per view so kind of you know similar that situation like that like, yeah he was 3 and 0 uh, against jericho before the pay per view and that situation is now over and he wants to move on and from there he started shitting on cincinnati and called them shincinnati and calls everything shincinnati yeah and and, shincinnati. and says that everything here in cincinnati is mid like everything so he kind of you know uh, shitting on the uh, cincinnati crowd here and then you know he notices linda who was you know who is brian pilman's aunt like even punk you know mentioned her you know, earlier on on the show so he was talking a little, little shit to you know linda he said don't make eye contact with me or i will <laughs> knock the teeth down your throat and then he notices brian pilman's sister when he calls her 16 junior by the way yes brian pilman junior uh, sister and he calls uh, her 16 and pregnant and he saw all the cylinders and firing all, all the shots and then he decided to go face to face with uh, pilman's sister and he kind of you know gave some mic time to her she said that she is the daughter of the loose cannon brian pilman and the crowd goes nuts for that one we hear pilman chants and mjf kind of in you know a carny way said uh, that then it makes sense with you know looking at your facial looks something like that he is you know off the bat you know firing on all cylinders like you said and then we get to brian pilman junior coming out he gets a you know kind of a big reaction and he's really playing off to the crowd he decided you no know, let's be cool it's you know, nothing usual i have dealt with this shit my entire life so i took it in that manner or he, he could have charged the ring and started uh, you know beating up mj from the get go right hmm so it made little sense so uh, brian pilman you know is trying to put over the cincinnati crowd like everyone from here is bad as uh, for example brian pilman his dad john moxley etc etc and then mj pinno kind of questions are you challenging me on the mic like yeah like mj i have to say mj was overshadowing brian pilman Bram Pillman tried his best but MJF was he was for, uh, on some god level here on the mic so then he mentions uh, Brian Pillman's you know mother uh, what's her name Melanie Melanie and called her Metheny Metheny and, and this uh, this let you know Pillman to you know jump the ring uh, sorry um, uh, get into the ring and go face to face with MJF but here comes wardlow and mj encourages wardlow yeah uh, push him back just tell and uh, help me uh, sorry sorry he was kind of he kind of you know took a shot against wardlow help me and uh, like he even pointed out that he didn't help him actually are you going to yeah go on help, help me, me the same yeah are you going to help me the same way you helped me at sunday and then he's like go stand at the corner and look pretty and then wardlow just stands like you know facing the crowd he's just there and just pilman just beats the crap out of uh, yeah so they are sowing the seeds of an eventual mjf wardlow breakup and uh, then pilman just beats the shit 
Pillman Jr. I should say, beats the shit out of MJF and then Wardlow just st- stands there for a while and then decides to help at a delay. And then he just takes Pillman Jr. to the corner and then Pillman Jr. just runs under him and then beats MJF to another corner. So there are they are sowing the seeds for uh, MJF and uh, a Wardlow breakup. People come people this people have been comparing this uh, duo or uh, this partnership to and Wardlow himself to Batista. So the breakup eventually when it happens it's going to be huge. Wardlow could probably get over as a baby face this you know this giant baby face who is a badass. So there is a lot of potential in that. But coming back to this, so, you know, Pellman Jr. is going apeshit at uh, MJF and then Wardlow decides to help him, just hits him with a German suplex for his troubles. And after that, uh, like both MJF and uh, um, Wardlow have beating down Pellman Jr. until Griff Garrison shows up and then he gets, been, he gets put out for his troubles. Then MJF hits him with the ring the diamond diamond ring and then like then uh, then they escape so boy it was a wild segment like throughout from start to finish like it was all over the place you going can call from it, mjf you can call it cheap hit but uh, we were not ready for a live assassination on national television yes it was for me personally you know coming off the dark side of the ring documentary having watched that to getting to this promo it was uncomfortable for me to watch but again uh, you know they must have agreed backstage to like you know get go get over these lines and like you know have this to make it make it look as legit as possible and fair play to them they did their job pretty well got got both of these guys over especially Pillman Jr. I mean, the crowd was mental. The crowd, the crowd was like eating up whatever he was saying. That doesn't get any bigger than that for him. You know, he's someone who's coming up the ranks as a babyface himself. And uh, excuse me. So yeah, the crowd is going bananas for him. Whatever every word he speaks, and you know, MJF is like the most detestable heel in wrestling. You have a babyface to counter him. it's this guy in his hometown bigging up himself bigging up his hometown again putting over like you know bringing up guys like his own dad who is a legend and john moxley who is also becoming a legend so it it ticked all the right boxes for everyone involved and uh, eventual so they announced later on when uh, griff garrison was attended to attended to by the medical staff and filmin uh, junior just talks to the camera and says that i have spoken to tony khan and we are going to have a match at arthur ash with uh, mjf versus filmin uh, junior so as you are as someone you know who gained like a hell of an amount of momentum from this promo alone and getting to wrestle in front of 25000 people and that capacity and match at such a, you know with such a real build i should say it doesn't get any better than that for him personally and it's it's good to see that you know they're investing their stocks into a new star and he's coming up the ranks and someone who's going to be a bigger player for them in the near future so 
fair play to everyone involved and uh, like kudos kudos to kudos to everyone involved and like you know fair play so that and there's another small tidbit that while this segment was going on in the medical room we see the acclaimed return to dynamite and then max caster is like you've spoken about uh, the match at arthur ash well i politicked to tony khan to get a match one on one on this upcoming rampage and then he gives him a bunch of flowers and then filmin junior just throws it so it was it was a wild night for filmin junior and in 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 more good ways than bad so awesome stuff so we in at least we are getting the acclaimed on rampage this week yes they they made their return on uh, dark this past this past week and uh, like things have been things have been sour for max caster ever since you know he cut that promo which got him suspended and after that um, they they cut this promo where uh, like they are trying to rap but then it is approved by tony khan it is approved by the management and then they are just like uh, watch roads to the top uh, yeah. what's the show's name for cody roads roads to the top yes watch roads to the top watch tnt enjoy your dynamite dark and elevation so it was it was a hilarious spin on that but again like after that promo it's it's weird it's weird to see you know if if i were to root for max caster it's not going to be the same feeling as it was before he cut the promo so it, it's it's kind of weird for me personally but you know i'm looking forward to this filmin uh, junior has to win to build momentum for his match with mjf uh, max caster is still max caster i'm going to love him anyway and he's He's hilarious. Gold. He's hilarious. Like totally. Like he's also got. He also got over on his own with such a gimmick. So you know, fair play to that. But let's see what happens. Did you hear MJF? You know Tony Khan's words from the media scrum that MJF actually pitched guys like Chris Statlander, the acclaimed, and someone else. I think I don't know who exactly, but he was actually pitching these guys to you know. and uh, brought attention to tony you know uh, look at these guys we feature them on television and he did and yeah. see where these guys are now look at how chris statlander has improved how look at how acclaimed are now mega over right now. yes i think that clearly explains why what explains the twitter exchanges between max caster and mjf i think that explains it now because you need Caps, another explanation yeah. you need another explanation mjf chris statlander and at least max caster are the students yeah they are of for... court tokens yes so kind of makes sense i i knew i knew about uh, mjf and uh, statlander i didn't know about caster was also trained by court tokens caster was and also cool. trained by you know hawkins and rider No, no it wasn't rider it's pat buck from uh, who's the producer in wwe currently mm. yes so there you go man yeah. and that's awesome why stuff. max caster seems for mjf on twitter i guess <laughs> yeah probably but uh, speaking about this pilman mjf thing it's going to be good and in a way mjf put over brian pilman here he did like yeah, now he did like if the crowd weren't enough to put him over mjf certainly did so that's awesome 
now he's telling us that Bram Pillman is some someone to look forward to. Yes, and they apparently they also had a feud in MLW where both of them were part of different stables. So Pillman Junior was part of the New Heart Foundation, the New Foundation rather, and MJF had his own stable called the Dynasty with uh, Richard Holiday and I think it was Alex Hammerstone. I don't remember, but yeah, MJF was leading a stable. Uh, Pillman was a part of Pillman Junior was a part of it, and they had a similar feud over there. So it's just revisiting it at a more global stage. Great. But moving on, we hear from certain participants of the Casino Battle Royal from the Women's Casino Battle Royal, like Nia Jax, Nyla Rose. I said Nia Jax, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Nyla. Let's have the fans shit on you. <laughs> Nyla Rose, Thunder Rosa. We also hear from Ty J and. Uh, Penelope Ford and the Bunny, so they are trying to Jade build. Cargill. Yeah, even Jade Cargill, they are trying to build something here, some matches, some future storylines, and nothing much. Yes, basically they are coming off the casino battle royale, saying that how did they feel getting eliminated and uh, what is next for them. So it was just that. Man, I love Thunder Rosa. I I hope like she's going to become the AW Women's Champion eventually, but I I think she's fantastic. I she has to be the next uh, AW Women's Champion for me. Full gear, man. Full gear. Hopefully, full gear. I I wouldn't mind it later too, but yeah, we got the time. We got the time to build uh, stuff for that. Yes, we do. But uh, let's talk about uh, this uh, promo from Terry Blanchard. He was, you know, talking about, you know, being impressed by his pinnacle members for getting the win earlier on. And he started talking about Darby Allen and Sting. Like, you know, saying he kind of is jealous of them. And he's, he talked to Sting. He mentioned Sting here saying that uh, he is known for, you know, latching out to latching on to others for in his entire career. So he kind of, you know, uh, scheduled, talking to Tony Khan, he scheduled a match between Darby Allen and Sean Spears for next week's Dynamite. And he also kind of took a shot at Sting that we may be doing something in the near future. So there you go. Yes. Um, I lost you for a moment there. Could you... We are fine now. Sorry. Yeah, we are fine now. So you just got stuck like completely. So you could repeat the Tully Blanchard stuff. Uh, like I said, Tully Blanchard has you know kind of scheduled a match with uh, talking to Tony Khan, of course. Darby Allen versus Sean Spears, and also you know kind of mentioned that he may be doing something with Sting in the near future. So there you go. Yes, and uh, it's. <laughs> you know, having to see Sting versus Tully in 2021 is hella weird, which is something I am not looking forward to. But I think Spears have Spears and Allen faced before. I don't seem to remember. Maybe but clearly... future, somewhere on a random dynamite, I guess. But uh, I don't remember. Yeah. They're clearly building momentum for Sean Spears, which I think is great to see. He's someone who is eventually, you know, at the end of the day, people will term him as a jobber in the pinnacle, the guy who is going to take all the pins. 
but they're keeping everyone in the stable strong and uh, especially for Sean Spears you know they are investing in him build, giving him some momentum despite the loss of Stammy he looked very strong and now you know they he picked up the win versus the dark order and now he's going into a match with Darby Allen so all in that case i think it's good to see that you know he's also coming up the ranks a little even if he's 40 and beyond that I, like i'd be interested to see darby versus spears but staying versus tally uh, i'm not i'm not too comfortable with that like staying despite his age and his limitations you know with the whole spinal stenosis he's he looked he looks he's looked really great like even in the match versus man of the year at uh, double or nothing and that match at 2.0 like a few weeks ago he's looked he's looked really good but tally blanchard versus i mean tally blanchard is 69 years old i think and uh, staying is 61 or 62 so small interaction and, would be better not a match You don't need him. Yeah, small interaction would small interaction would be fine, and given how AW usually, you know, takes these legends and pairs them up with the young up and coming talent who they want to get over, so it works that way. So I'd say you know more of an interaction and not a match. I don't want to see a match between both these guys, and I think I think the line that he said that Sting has been latching onto other people's fame for his is kind of true because. and if history is to be believed i hope it doesn't happen with darby and sting but uh, sting is the most foolish person to be around in when it comes to stables or tag teams because he is the one who always gets betrayed whether it was luger or um, when he was in the wolf pack or horseman is like a prime example whenever sting and rick flair were a thing rick flair used to mafia. always be... yeah mira and mafia so whenever there is always a stable or a tag team and rick flair is like a clear example of that rick flair and sting it always ends up in sting getting his ass whooped by flair or the horse horseman so <laughs> it was a hilarious line from tally when he said that so it got a pop out of me now to wait and see if that's next week uh before we move into the main event sami gowar by the way came out randomly he was doing the sign bit which i always like during the you know picture and picture break and it all led to you know he was kind of you know talking about the great stuff that has happened to him in the last month or so you know the signing of fuego del sol you know inner circle is still intact uh, him you know jericho. being engaged now yes and, and jericho beating njf but it all led to him plugging his uh, youtube channel and the vlog nothing much yeah he's like summer was amazing now more th- more bet- bigger and better things are to come and i'll keep picking these wins so probably they are building towards hopefully a tnt title match or perhaps you know if he picks up more wins probably even a world title match i think i'd be down to see kenny versus sami in some capacity yeah that would work that would be better than mm-hmm. going up to the tnt title shot that would make more sense than hops see yeah yeah it would but you know i was just talking about like in the present situation given hops is number 2 right now he's going to get number 1 number 1 eventually and then face kenny for the title it only makes sense that way but yeah this also 
this is also something to look forward to if it happens and it has to happen like if they do it has to happen before full gear but uh, shall we get on with this uh, shivani elite you know promo segment yes we shall so uh, it was mainly you know focusing adam cole so shivani was Baby. interviewing the elite members yeah of course and then they did a special introduction uh, introduction uh, should i should say for adam cole baby so adam cole comes out really over with the cincinnati crowd adam cole is great but uh, we have to work on that you know the grits you know sink of the boom i think i think it worked because it's just cole being a dickhead and then he's just coming out and then you know it's all about the boom and then he goes turning turning then baby he did it at the baby so i think i think it was fair, fair enough probably they'll do it later on like you know the boom will be synced more properly but i think it it, it did work for me this time first time so adam cole uh, from the get go was about you know he was you know uh, taking in the crowd responses and was about to you know do his usual story time with adam cole baby he goes uh, face to face with tony shivani and you know they discuss some discuss some you know important stuff here like i know you are uh, tight with brit but don't you ever dare you know give a look to her or i will kick the shit out of you and i really felt bad for shivani he ran him out of the ring uh, there you go man get out so, nerd you stupid nerd and they were just professing on the nerd nerd aspect which is it wasn't a not to good brothers because fuck them it was more because adam cole himself is a nerd in real life because you know with the whole gaming stuff on his twitch and you know being a part of the party on up up down down so it was more a not to that and not to the good brothers and this is this kind of reminds me of when um, after double or nothing when uh, kenny omega was cutting a promo about there's no one left and then dark order shows up to you know bid hangman's case and then he's like kenny says why don't you and your Uh, your little uh, video game playing twerps get out of the back and it's just ironic because kenny omega himself is a huge gamer so like these elite guys are good at being heels and by the way should i talk about the young bucks young uh, matt jackson was really killing the eyewear game here you know you could call it yeah. trip or whatever he is looking fantastic And, he was uh, he like he was literally looking great which was nice but then what, what the was, fuck was nick jackson what wearing? was nick jackson wearing man was he, he was wearing, wearing like a nose chain it was a uh, earring plus nose ring type of deal i don't know what that was but there you go man so adam cole was cutting this typical promo here you know putting over the elite and why he came here he's a big veteran etc etc then we get to kenny omega who is PW, uh, PWS 500 number one wrestler. Thoughts on that, man? Yeah. Fair enough. He had a hell of a year. Like, throughout, you know, with the matches. I think, they, correct me if I'm wrong, but the PWI is like for, for an entire calendar year or from the last rankings to the current ranking, to the current day rankings? They mentioned from June 2020 to June 2021. 
fair enough he's had a killer killer year from there on like uh, after that you know he had those matches with um, mox hangman and you know he won he became the belt collector from there like he's had a killer run and he's easily the best wrestler in the world currently so fair play our tribal chief came at number 2 yeah that's also i mean it's also fair that way because even roman like you know from june 2020 to june 2021 so roman only returned in december returned in uh, august and then since then his reign of dominance has started so i think fair play in that sense too but you know kenny's beca- kenny becoming the belt collector just put him over the edge and uh, yeah i mean it's it's i think it's kind of pointless to argue about these things and let me point out that uh, pwi is whatever they do is more into kayfabe like even back then like you know bill after is their main journalist so whenever he used to cover pro wrestling stories in the 80s it was entirely in kayfabe so to keep the illusion of pro wrestling as a work work shoot whatever you want to call it so it still runs that way and it's big completely based on the performances that they've given in the show in their show, respective shows and how they've come off so i think i mean, it's it's good to see i'm surprised rich swan made the list yeah he was in the top 10 actually like he was ranked exactly number 10 so Oh. kudos to him kudos to him like he he's like from i don't watch impact like i don't have the time to right now but from what i've seen like he's been he's been their top baby face for the most part and he was like an impact world champion winning it from eric young and like you know he was working that injury that he had versus eric young and then goes on to win from there becomes the top baby face de facto of the company and uh, then he has that match motor city machine guns and him versus uh, kenny and the good brothers and after that he was the one who dropped the title to omega so he's been he's been fairly in the limelight for the most part and by the way even did you see the interaction between omega and osprey yes <laughs> i like i don't remember what did osprey say exactly but then omega just puts him to his place like you know after we left new japan wasn't the same anymore and like you guys have been down in popularity while elite aw has always risen if there's anything we'll settle it in the ring so kenny has been teasing under a possible new japan uh, a possible new japan return if that's the case and he said a line where his only competition you were not my competition his only competition was a big dog yes also roman there see he's a good guy so he's terrific man like good to good to see kenny acknowledging his competition yeah there you go man osprey was in there ibushi shingo uh, richwan lashley that speaks that it is a big kayfabe list yes i mean lashley has been awesome like since may 2020 so it it makes sense for him to be there too Moxley was number six. It was kind of surprising. I thought he'd be a little high up, probably five or four. But there is a man. Top was... three. Top three was pretty apt. Fair. Okay, it's a fine enough list. Can you top that? But uh, sticking to the promo, and uh, he was about to do. Even he was a little offended that you know someone 
interrupted him at the pay-per-view and right on cue brand Danielson then shows up and he goes face to face with uh, Omega and Omega by the way ordered the elite to leave the ring and we had a proper face to face between Danielson and Omega which was insane to see and he Danielson snatches the mic from Omega and asks the crowd should do they want to see omega versus danielson something like that crowd chants yes and there was a bit of argument here and we get to danielson locking in the yes lock on omega the elite company attack uh, danielson here so jurassic express shows up to make the save so they all chase out the elite uh, by the way kazarian was also involved in that kazarian and christian cage i believe so the elite hunter has to be there so the elite is all taken down this is we are left with brandon cutler who's busy filming being the elite in all this uh, chaos so he gets taken down by the running knee and he didn't make any match or he didn't leave the phone in his hand which was hilarious so there you go man that was the entire segment my only question is do you really want to see brand danielson versus omega right now not now has to happen later on so I'll just take a step back from this and uh, just get back to the Adam Cole promo. So it was good to see, you know, it's, I think someone like Adam Cole, it's finally getting to me that he's all elite and like, you know, it's, it's been, it's also something like it's, it hasn't sunk me for the longest time, but yeah. So getting back to this promo, he was, of course he was putting over the elite and, uh, like Omega and Bucks specifically. And then while the Good Brothers, like there was a tiny moment where the Good Brothers were hoping that he'd put them over to, and then there's like, and there's Adam Cole, baby. And then you could see both Anderson and Gallows arguing to Callis, like, you know, why didn't he put us over? <laughs> so <laughs> obviously you wouldn't want to put the Good Brothers over. Fuck them. Yeah, fuck them. So there's like some, I, I kind of like that. You know, and uh, given what we speculated on the all-out reviews, that he's trying to get very close to Kenny and the Bucks so that he would eventually betray them. He's so the snake. You, uh, yeah, I have a feeling of that too. And uh, then there's like uh, obviously, you know, we pointed out the Kenny the PWI 500 list, and then from there. Um, Omega then takes the mic and then you have the entire ordeal with uh, Danielson and Kenny's promo. And then obviously the post-match beatdown. Uh, sorry, the promo beatdown. I like, uh, did you notice how uh, Marco Stunt just beats up uh, Brandon Cutler over there? It was funny. I thought that, that was hilarious. Yeah, it was it was hilarious. And then obviously we have like uh, Luchasaurus picking up Stunt and throwing them onto the Young Bucks. And then Jungle, Jungle Boy does a two-pick-con helo. So it was like a crowd service segment throughout. From the heels getting booed and Brian Danielson showing up and then the other baby faces helping them. Then the final knee by Brian to Cutler. So I thought, I thought the segment was great. Nothing we more are, to say. We may be getting a big match at Atharash. Somewhat of a tag match, I guess. Big tag match. Yeah, probably an eight-man tag. Uh, Bucks, Cole, and Kenny versus uh, Danielson, Christian, Jungle Boy, and Luchasaurus. 
should be a good enough match to you know sell that whole big uh, grand slam show yes and obviously keep the crowd invested and happy how happy and invested yeah there you go man but uh, like we were saying this uh, brand danielson omega match too soon yeah they won't do it anytime soon like obviously Brian has to pick up a lot of wins, and then Kenny was also saying like it doesn't work that way over here. And then he's like, oh, and then Kenny's telling me it doesn't work that way. I said, yeah, he's right. Like he has to pick up a lot of wins, then he has to reach number one, and then he has to face Kenny Omega. So he doesn't, he can't jump the queue. We'll have to wait and see, man. God knows when Hangman will come back. I'm not sure if he. I mean. if he has like you know if the baby if his wife has delivered the baby and you know if he's coming anytime soon because he is advertised for shows in october and november for aw so you could possibly expect him to come back pretty soon we'll have to wait and see we'll have to wait and see but uh, there you go man and by the way adam cole will be making his ring debut next week against the elite hunter thank you practice again Yes, that scissors knee, scissors kick from Kazarian was a small indication that it was going to happen, and this match is going to this match is going to be great. Both of these guys have like a good amount of history between them, thanks to their ROH days. And when Kazarian was part of Bullet Club for like two weeks, remember that happening? Mm, it was pretty random, I guess. It was very random. And by the way. Uh... We have to do something long term for Adam Cole and Jungle Boy. Yes, I hope that's a match that we see, you know, at like a special Dynamite episode, or perhaps if they are patient enough to keep it, even at full gear, I would like to see that. Let's you can do that. You can do that. But uh, it's going to get it's going to get Jungle Boy over huge. So, so shall we move on to the main event? Yes, we shall. So, you want me to? Sorry, um, before I, before we jump to the main event, do you want me to announce the matches for Rampage and Dynamite? I can do that. Okay, so uh, this upcoming Rampage, you have uh, Park versus Andrade, the match that we didn't get at all out, and then we have uh, a promo from Darby and Sting, and there's a trios tag match, trios women's tag match. For uh, Britt Baker, Jamie Hater, and Reba versus Ruby Soho, Chris Statlander, and Riho, and then you have a singles match between Max Caster and Brian Pillman Jr. And uh, heading into next week's Dynamite, we have, as we discussed, uh, Adam Cole versus Frankie Kazarian. We have Jade Cargill versus Layla Hirsch, so that's going to be an interesting match. And we have Darby Allen versus Sean Spears. And they've also announced like matches for uh, Grand Slam in the in advance, which is Cody versus Malakai and Pillman Junior versus MJF. Should They... be good. Should be good. But uh, so, uh, shall we get to the main event? event shall we? Yeah. So it was uh, Minoru Suzuki who was facing John Moxley. So this was a homecoming for Mr. Moxley here. Really excited from the get go here. Crowd is chanting, "Holy shit!" When Suzuki came out, everything is going good until we didn't get Kaze Ninare. Yes, Tony Khan's become the biggest heel in wrestling right now. <laughs> That was bullshit, if you ask me. Yep. 
but uh, we cut to Moxley's entrance uh, and the crowd is going wild for him so we get in the ring and from the get go uh, we see forearm being exchanged crowd is going ape shit at this point in just a minute or so and we see this is awesome chance so they are exchanging forearm strikes trying to knock down each other so we get to the ropes here and sorry um suzuki suzuki he locks in that signature armbar from the hanging armbar from the ropes which always looks great and then he and the match from there was uh, suzuki was targeting moxis arm so that was the story and we come back from commercial they are still going at it you know trying to knock each other and at one point suzuki got busted open and i wanted a real good shot of suzuki you know being this monster and him just bleeding that would have been sick we kind of got there but the match is rushing i will get to that match is rushing so they are trying to knock each other with lariats and kicks um suzuki goes down and at one point he did get the you know sleeper hold and was going for the god style pile driver but moxley escapes it's a lariat and finally hit hits a death rider nowadays it's looking like a uh, suplex for butterfly some reason suplex. yeah so yeah, that got suplex. him the yeah that got him the victory and that was it only problem was the kazininare that was the first problem not being heard second was that this match was rushed yes the, the match was yeah it did feel bit rushed and they were just going spots after spots after spots and then the mox hits the normal ddt and then he goes for the paradigm shift which is the now a butterfly suplex for some reason which is bad because and then, because the death, death rider is a little risky i guess probably so there you go i mean this was the match itself i felt a, a bit let down like despite you know the strikes that they were exchanging exchanging which was like tough as nails like both of these you know they can put on a hard hitting match as is expected from both of these guys the finish was like a bit abrupt which left a tiny which left a bit of a sour taste in my mouth but other than that i don't have any complaints apart from the obvious kazininare thing and then the rest of the show is just john moxley milking the crowd just enjoying with everyone putting out signs so they that's how they had to close the show weird ending but the match was the match was fine at that point it was a little let down you know that's it suzuki that that's it for suzuki on aw but we are getting a treat tony khan is great yes man. yes uh, so tony khan tony khan has redeemed himself now so he cut off kazini nare last week but uh, we are still getting suzuki next week so there's like a tweet tweet that they put out i think it was last night where um, Lance Archer and Su- Suzuki are posing, and they are like uh, Archer takes offense to Mox Suzuki's loss to Moxley, as Archer is the protege of Suzuki, and they'll have a confrontation. Like Archer is going to call Mox out. Archer and Suzuki are going to call Mox out and address this issue on the upcoming episode of Dynamite. So probably we could either get that, or uh, instead of Moxley, they'll be interrupted by Man of the Year, and then they'll beat up. they'll beat up both suzuki and uh, archer and then we'll get that eventual tag match 
probably probably or hopefully at the atharash like 25 25000 people singing kazini nare would be a treat wouldn't it good at this point sign suzuki to aid that he is not going to sign because he is a freelancer he is just going to work anywhere he pleases and wherever he goes like you know he is even i think he was scheduled to wrestle danny garcia i'm not sure if that has that is still there or has it happened already and there is another gcw show that was supposed that he was supposed to work so that that you know, these are these are eventually happening so he's staying in us for the long for probably a bit more than what we expected like i said in the all out review new japan is better in us compared to new japan in japan weirdly yes but there you go man that was uh, the review for aw dynamite and before we leave we can uh, we can just find you so you can find me on twitter and instagram at @red_aman and if you're watching this in video form you'll probably see it in the right or left corner well whichever way it's going to be and you can find slam up wrestling on twitter at slam up w instagram at slam up wrestling you can catch the audio versions of this review on uh, anchor and spotify as well so this was the dynamite review and we'll see you guys next time adios <laughs>